0: You're listening to the pre-med year, session number 165. Hello and welcome back to the pre-med years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Now this week, we're going to cover a bunch of questions that you have emailed in to me. Now, if you have a question that you want me to answer on this podcast, you can do it that at medicalschoolhq.net slash question, or you can leave a question for our new podcast, the Old Pre-Meds podcast, and to do that, go sign up for an account over at oldpremeds.org. Sign up in the forums there and leave a question and hopefully Rich and I or I will answer that question there. If you haven't checked out the old pre-meds podcast, I highly recommend it. It's a much shorter podcast compared to the pre-med years. It's it's only about ten minutes long where we answer one question at a time, really. Now old pre-meds is a site dedicated to non-traditional students. But a lot of the answers that we give are great advice even for traditional students. So again, that's at oldpremeds.org. Now, if you're looking forward to the medical school interview, then you can fast forward for a little bit. But if the medical school interview makes you nervous, you need to listen to this. If you go to medschoolinterviewbook.com and sign up there, to be on our mailing list, I will send out parts of a book uh, over the next couple weeks, parts of a book that I'm working on that includes tips for the medical school interview, as well as questions and how to answer those questions. Included in the book, too, are going to be real live mock interviews that I've done with students over the last couple years, and uh, I had those interviews transcribed. And so you can see the question, how the student is answering the question, and then my feedback based on that, all right there in the book. We're up over 575 questions at this point of unique questions that can be asked. Not everyone might have an explanation with it, uh, but I'm going to give you the framework on how to answer the different types of questions, and I have it broken down into about 10 different categories of questions. So again, that's medschoolinterviewbook.com. All right, let's get started with the Q&A for this podcast. And the first one is going to be about entering the pre-med world and choosing a major. So this is uh, most likely from a high school student talking about looking into colleges and and how she is is kind of unsure about her career path and saying that it's important for her college choices she wants to study kinesiology uh finish pre med and be a physician in athletic medicine um and so she's wondering what she really needs to do about that um so she's even talking about here that she's really unsure. She knows that athletic medicine, quote-unquote athletic medicine, is is what she wants to do, 100% sure. But she knows that it, there's a, a range of careers with this, such as physical therapy to being a, a sports medicine physician, whether an orthopedist or, or even just a, a physiatrist or a internal medicine or a family practice doc that, that does sports medicine. So I want to go back to the beginning of her question, and she talks about knowing that her career path is important to her college choice. And that's where I want to make sure that you understand that what college you go to has no bearing on your career. Uh, unless there's there's rare exceptions out there where if if you want to be a, a top-notch engineer, a top-notch business person, and but even still, those are typically the graduate schools that you need to worry about. Go to a an undergrad institution. And this kind of plays into picking a medical school, too. Go to an institution where you're going to be happy, where you're going to succeed. And you need to take some college tours. Go check out the vibe. What's it like? And and figure it out that way. Don't worry about your career path. You You can take the classes that you need to take to be a physician. You can take the classes that you need to take if you end up going into something else like physical therapy. Don't worry about your major at this point, don't worry about what college you're choosing. Just pick some place that you'll enjoy. And I would recommend the University of Florida. I'm a little biased. Go Gators. That's a great school. All right. So, next question is from a non traditional student. So, this would have been a great question for oldpremeds.org in the forums there. Uh, and it's talking about uh, the, the gentleman that, that wrote in uh, has a wife, a daughter, and works full time as an engineer. Or works in an engineering firm, and he's talking about he how because he's working full time, he's not able to take more than twelve or thirteen credit hours per semester. And I know this is a lot of you uh, working full time, and you just have to stretch out your undergrad because um, because you can't cram in seventeen hours credit hours in a semester. And 12 hours, he's saying, is is considered full-time, uh, but he keeps reading that students are averaging 15 credit hours, and he's worried about that um, kind of diluting his his application. Uh, he's got a, an amazing GPA, 3.9, um, and so he's worried how the adcoms are going to see this. So let me... Um, calm your worries. There, There is no problem with this. Uh, if you take five years to finish your, your pre-med classes, don't worry about it. Maintain that GPA. That's rock star. Do well on the MCAT. Make sure you're doing everything else. Obviously, working full time, taking a, a full, quote unquote, full time uh, course load. Um, make sure that you're doing the other things for your application. Remember, it's not just GPA and MCAT. You need to have those volunteer hours. You need to have the shadowing. So make sure you're doing all that uh, as well as maintaining your your family obligations as well. So don't worry about um, taking so few uh, credit hours. I mean, that's that's still great. Uh, I forget what episode it was with uh, Sylvia talking about how it took her 11 years to finish her undergrad and that, and she's in medical school now. So you're doing great. Keep on that path. The next one is a question that was sent in. And it was about um, talking about the military and my experiences uh, working for the military and, and if I enjoyed the service. And I, I referred this person to a bunch of content that we've already done about um, the military, uh, both talking with an HPSP recruiter for the Air Force, talking to the USIS medical school dean and talking to or myself talking about being a flight surgeon, as well as talking to an uh, an ex-army dermatologist who went to USIS, the, the military medical school, and his life in the army. So if you want to get those, those are sessions 18, 30, 36, and 93. You can get all of those at medicalschoolhq.net slash and then the session numbers 18, 30, 36, and 93. I feel like this is uh, the the Powerball lottery, and uh, hopefully one of you won that. <laughs> but uh, we'll have links to these in the show notes as well, the the specific blog post for this episode, which you can find at medicalschoolhq.net slash 165. We'll have links to all the HPSP and military stuff that I've done. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I separated from the Air Force. Um, Several months ago now, but actually I just dipped my toes back into the water, so to speak, and I joined the Air National Guard. Now, I've told my story here how I was was diagnosed with MS, and for an active duty flight surgeon, uh, I wasn't able to fly anymore, which was a big part of my job uh, that I enjoyed. And the Air National Guard, um, the Connecticut Air National Guard, which is where I joined, uh, was able to get me a waiver so that I can go fly again uh, with with the air crew. Uh, I'm the first person ever uh, in the Air Force Air National Guard to get a waiver to go back up in the air with MS. So I feel blessed to be able to to do that, and I'm excited to to share my journey on the guard side now um, as a, a Air National Guard flight surgeon. So. Stay tuned if you want more information about being a guard. I'll definitely have information, uh, maybe not on the Pre-Made Years podcast, but on our medical student show, whatever that name will be, uh, that will be coming out soon-ish. I'll definitely have information about joining the Air National Guard or the Army Guard during residency, where you can get a stipend and and some other things. There was a, a colonel... That I met at my first weekend and uh, he joined the Air National Guard as a resident. And now he's a colonel, been in 17 years, getting ready to retire uh, and has done very well for himself and has enjoyed it. So I'll have some of those stories for you um, in the future. All right. So the next question is coming from a student in Puerto Rico interested in going to medical school in the US and and I would say that Puerto Rico is part of the US so um you're lucky there uh you're not considered um uh, a foreign graduate you're you're considered a US um student which is great uh double degree in chem and microbiology which is awesome great GPA talking about all the research he's done talking about doing a co-op with a pharmaceutical company all this awesome stuff but he's worried about his English skills. Um, he can uh, read it, write it, understand it, but he has a problem speaking it. And obviously being from Puerto Rico where English isn't the first language, uh, I can understand that. Uh, so there, he's thinking about going to New York to do a master's degree um, or um, uh, and, and while they're learning Spanish while you're doing the master's, or learning English, sorry, while he's doing the master's. Uh, if that's a good idea, and taking the MCAT when he should do that as well. So, the uh, obviously speaking English is a huge part of communicating in the U.S., um, and so since English is the predominant language, at least for now, uh, speaking Spanish is obviously a huge bonus for you and will help uh, tremendously, but you but my biggest concern for you is going to be, and, and for anybody where English is not your first language, taking the MCAT is very hard. Uh, it's been shown that if if your English, if English is not your first language, then you suffer on the MCAT. That's just the general rule of thumb. Hopefully, this student that emailed me will buck that trend and do very well on the MCAT. Um, my suggestion would be to go ahead and take the MCAT. At least go ahead and start preparing for it. Take the diagnostic, uh, start studying for it, and see where you're at. If if you're scoring in the teens, then definitely you need to probably work on your English. Uh, if you're doing better than that, and by, by teens I mean like 480s, 490s. Um, I, I was going with the old MCAT scoring system. But that's the biggest, the, the biggest thing that would set you apart is it, is your English strong enough for the MCAT? If it's not, uh, will a year of English at a university here in the U.S. help? It may or may not. That's a that's a big question mark. So, I can't really answer that one for you. Um, you can always take the MCAT and apply and see how you do. And if you don't get in, then then use the master's degree as a backup plan. So. That's my advice for you. Now, the next question that is coming in is from a student who um, has just stopped playing hockey. The, the dream of the uh, student had the dream of kind of playing professional hockey or uh, hockey in college, um, but now has had too many concussions, uh, which is obviously a hot topic in medicine these days and is now interested in being pre-med and being a, a physician and helping others that may be going through something similar. And his question really com- boils down to what he should major in and if he could major in athletic training and still apply to medical school. Now, again, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I, I say, and the data shows, that you can major in anything that you want. You you need to take the the pre-med requirements, the medical school requirements, the pre um typically English, chemistry, biology, organic chemistry, biochemistry, physics, if I didn't mention that one yet, uh, psychology and sociology are kind of being thrown in there now, especially for the MCAT. So there's there are a bunch of pre required classes that you're going to need to take, but you can major in whatever you want as long as you fill in everything else that you need for medical school. Now, I'm a huge advocate in majoring in whatever you want. Don't major in something just because you think it's a good quote-unquote pre-med major. You need to be able to under uh, uh, enjoy what you're studying so that every day you're bringing your your full attention to it, your full passion to what you're learning so that you can maintain your a, a great GPA and you can talk about it with a smile on your face during interviews. So major in whatever you want as long as you enjoy it. All right, and the last question that I have for today is a, a question about a student who's non-traditional, um, had some... Uh, some family issues uh, in college uh, that that affected her GPA. She has a, a 2.0 undergrad GPA and uh, is now trying to figure out what she needs to do to um, to get into medical school basically. And uh, I wrote her back and, and talked about uh, the podcast that I did with Dr. Politis back in session 35 which was all about how do you fix your GPA? How do you submit a strong application after you start pre-med poorly? And that's what this this girl did. She started her pre-med path poorly. Now, um, obviously, she had a lot of external factors causing that, and that's that happens. It's, it's uh, unfortunate, but it happens. And so go back, listen to session 35, medicalschoolhq.net slash 35, uh, dealing with the poor GPA and applying to medical school, um, or poor MCAT and applying to medical school. Uh, there's a lot of good information there. There's also the OPM podcast, the old pre-meds podcast, uh, session three, which you can get at opmpodcast.com slash three. In that podcast, again, we're talking about GPA and how you can analyze your GPA, but we also talk about the 32-hour rule. Which it seems like more and more university or medical schools are utilizing in the admissions process. Medical schools understand that with an influx of non traditional students, you're they're going to see a wide range of prior pre-med or prior undergrad uh, experiences and GPAs and struggles. And so these universities, and again, you can go to opmpodcast.com slash three and hear, listen to, to what schools offer this. But they are now using your last 32 hours of credits to determine your GPA and throwing out everything else before that. So this would be perfect if you have a post that has uh, enough credit hours in it and and you do well, it will basically erase your prior GPA for these specific schools. Now, you're still applying normally through the normal application services. Your GPA might still look pretty terrible on there, but these schools have a a different way of analyzing those grades once uh, your application hits their system, which is awesome. So again, opmpodcast.com slash three All right, so that's all the questions for today. I hope there was something in there that was new for you. And I hope you go check out the other links and to different shows that I talked about. Again, you can go to the specific blog post for this podcast episode at medicalschoolhq.net slash 165. I want to take a second to thank a couple people that have left us a review in iTunes. If you haven't done so, I greatly appreciate every review that comes in. You can leave one at medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes. Now, Jake Epperdew apparently thinks I talk slow, (laughs) Uh, but that's okay. I I talk slow and try to enunciate. I've never been told I talk slow before, but that's okay. Maybe compared to Allison, I sound like I talk slow, but... Uh, he listens uh, better at one and a half to to one point seven times speed, which is actually how I listen to my podcast. I listen to him about two to two and a half, so maybe I, I talk really slow compared to that. So, uh, but he does say that we we bring a lot of useful uh, information, which is great. Uh, so, thanks, Jake at Purdue. We have. Martell 27 that says, absolutely fantastic, just found this podcast and can already tell it has a vast wealth of insight and experience. So thank you for that to Martell 27. I am just Ryan says, I'm a non-traditional student who had a difficult time making the decision to go back to school. After listening to almost every episode of this podcast, my path became much more clear. I found the motivation to call my school and get myself back on the pre-med track. That's awesome. So thank you. I am just Ryan. Uh, I am excited for you to get back on your path. Hopefully we can have you on the podcast one day to share your story. Thank you. All right. One more here. We have Sarah Michelle 05. It says, I just started listening to the medical school headquarters, now known as the pre-med years, and have already learned so much as a pre-medical student. It is difficult to find reliable advice that is easily accessible. I am so happy I found this podcast. Well, Sarah, Michelle, 05, I'm so happy you found this podcast. Uh, I hope you continue listening, and I hope you continue to, or if you haven't yet, I hope you share it with as many people as you can so that they can be happy that they found the podcast as well. And that goes for every one of you listening right now. If you haven't shared this podcast with your classmates, please do so. Go to your pre-med meetings and shout from the rooftops about this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. All right, again, medicalschoolhq.net slash iTunes if you want to leave a review. Uh, I want to talk one last time about the medical school interview book that I'm working on. You can go to medschoolinterviewbook.com where you can sign up and get on a list where we're going to or I'm going to send you pieces of the book as I have them kind of completed and uh, for you to check out and give me feedback on as I'm creating this book. So it's kind of a uni- unique situation where I'm basically giving you parts of the book one at a time and, and asking you for advice and some feedback and, and how I can make it better. And uh, it'll be an awesome time. I hope you join me. That's at MedSchoolBook, MedSchoolInterviewBook.com. As always, I hope you got a ton of advice from the podcast today the pre years. And as always, of course, I hope you join us next week. But if you haven't yet, go to mededmedia.com media, and check out all of the fun projects we're working on. As of this moment that I'm talking, there's the old pre-meds podcast and the pre-med years, but there's so much more in store. So stay tuned for that and join us next week here at the pre-med years.